In our addiction to logic, we've created a magic-free world of neat economic models, business case studies, and narrow technological ideas, which together give us a wonderfully reassuring sense of mastery over a complex world. Often these models are useful, but sometimes they're inaccurate or misleading, and occasionally they're highly dangerous. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Series 2 of Silence, Please. In this series, we'll be using topics from Rory Sutherland's book, Alchemy, to explore the relationship between creativity and behavioural science in advertising. We should never forget that our need for logic and certainty brings costs as well as benefits. The need to appear scientific in our methodology may prevent us from considering other, less logical and more magical solutions, which might be cheap, fast-acting and effective. I'm Ollie Henderson from Silence Media. We have a book club here at Silence that meets every now and then to discuss themes such as the role of creativity and technology in advertising. Our next book is Alchemy, The Surprising Power of Ideas That Don't Make Sense by Rory Sutherland. If you'd like to join us at Book Club, I'll give you the details at the end of the podcast. This episode's title is Creative Thinking, and my guest is Kelly Church, Head of Planning at Creative and Media Agency, The Gates. Kelly, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Now, in Alchemy, Rory Sutherland argues that irrationality leads us to better creative ideas. But as marketers, we often rely on research to guide our creative thinking. Kelly, would you say it's possible to come up with a template for creative thinking or is it inherently unpredictable? Yeah, I think in part it depends on your definition of a template. So initially, a template for creativity to me sounds like a bit of an oxymoron the idea of templating is kind of a formulaic way of doing something to remove elements of risk, surprise and potential chaos and I think those are all things which can be really valuable uh, during the creative development process. Um, I do think that you can lay foundations and you can build a culture and you can devise a loose process which help to encourage and nurture uh, creativity whilst retaining some of that unpredictability which is part of the beauty of creativity and one of the reasons why a lot of people work in this industry. So Kelly, you mentioned there is a process which the agency uses when you receive a brief from a client. Uh, Does that involve creative and media working together or does one tend to take the lead? Yeah, absolutely. So for our full service clients anyway, we um, approach it in a truly integrated way from the beginning. So we build a crack team of people who will be relevant to the brief and we have representation from across the agency. So strategy, account management, media um, and creative and where relevant, we'll pull in uh, resources from elsewhere in the business if PR or CRM are required. Um, And the idea is that we start off by trying to um, answer two questions uh, for for the brand. So where do you want to get to and what's holding you back? Um, And the idea is that the the, uh, creative platform idea that we come up with at the end would be the solution to to get you to to that point. We, the kind of second thing we do is work on a process called the four C's. So it's something that we found was um, a really good way of giving the entire team a really good grounding and knowledge and understanding of what the what the challenge is so we look to understand more about the company the customer the category but also the uh, cultural context so what's going on um, around the around the brand um, or just generally in the UK or internationally that is relevant to, to what we're trying to do 
and get the the idea is that going through that process gives everyone the ability to really kind of get get into it then what we try to do is um, summarise each of those four C's with a truth about about that relevancy. And I think the idea of that is that it's not just a data point or um, a, a piece of information. It's it's a truth. It's an insight that the team can really use to build upon, um, and that is going to be kind of our starting point for creating something new um, and fresh and that feels like a different way of solving this problem. So, of course, Rory Sutherland's book is steeped in behavioural science, given his background, and we're, we're really interested in that silence. We, we do a lot of thinking around how behavioural biases can elicit positive responses from people. Um, would you agree that anchoring creative ideas in behavioural science can help provide validity to those ideas? Yeah, definitely. I think the beauty of creativity is that um, ideas and solutions can and should be whimsical and wondrous and surprising and sometimes just completely bonkers. And yet it's growing increasingly hard, obviously, for clients who are stretched when it comes to budgets, but who are also being pushed um, to prove um, you know, the ROI that they're delivering and the, the um, how they're spending their marketing budgets. And I think that anything that we can do to help to sell in those ideas with something that is rooted in something is so, um, so, so legitimate as science really helps with our argument. I think a lot of the time it's definitely a, a validity, but it's also a reassurance that the client needs to be able to go and sell in something further up the business, knowing that it's built on something as real and tangible as people's behavior i think sometimes we forget that what we're selling is essentially completely intangible there we're selling ideas um and so if you can root it in something that feels real um, and that makes a client understand it because obviously clients are people too and they they have behaviors of their own then that inherently makes our job easier when we're selling those ideas in so lastly, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about how you put that process into practice. Have you got any examples of clients you've worked with where you've followed the process of the four C's and it's created uh, an idea which formed the centerpiece of a, of a campaign? So I think a really good example for me is um, how we work with the Electoral Commission. So it's a government um, public sector client. So um, we, when we're trying to do the four C's, there are some limitations from a company and category point of view in that we don't necessarily need to know too much about the company itself because it's not necessarily consumer facing um, and the category doesn't really exist because they're kind of working in a, in a standalone environment. Um, but what we really do, did need to understand in this instance was about the customer and about the cultural context that was going on. Obviously, the Electoral Commission are concerned with getting people to register to vote ahead of um, any election within, within the UK. Um, and that could be general, local, European or anything else which is going on in the current, uh, in the current climate. And what we were working towards was an upcoming local election which of all the elections is absolutely the lowest interest has the lowest turnout and people just tend to care less about it than some of the bigger uh, parliamentary elections previously the commission had been working to an idea of loss aversion so 
the uh, the assumption that people um, know the importance of voting but don't necessarily recognise the importance of registering to vote and therefore if you kind of threaten them with the removal of, of the uh, ability to vote they'll be more likely to register to vote and that was definitely a strong uh, a strong uh, route for them something they used for a few years but we were in the pitch process and we needed to come up with something that would make us stand out so we did through the four C's process we did a lot of work to look at data and we wanted to try to use data in a, in a creative way so we understood more about people and we, as we delved deeper we um, were understanding more about the reasons that people weren't registering to vote and the things that united these audiences of people who were just unregistered and actually it wasn't anything to do with them not being interested in voting or not being bothered about politics or being completely disenfranchised the thing that united them was that they were all really mobile, so they were all likely to move house much more regularly than the UK average. And therefore, when you move house, obviously you fall off the electoral register. So yeah, the creative platform idea was um, five minutes is all it takes, which then helped us develop the creative proposition, which um, was was proposing the question got five and from a visual point of view we use lots of different scenarios where our audience might have five minutes whilst they're waiting for the bath to run or whilst they um, were waiting for their food to cook in a microwave and then from a media point of view we developed our strategy of five minute moments so it was all about targeting those moments of five minutes of kind of downtime where our audience are more likely to have um, time to register to vote so anything from waiting for a bus or a train or listening to an ad break during their favourite podcast. So I think the overall campaign became a really nice, um, well-rounded um, example that was all rooted in the idea of five minutes and the ease of registration, but it really did um, seed throughout both creative and media from this overarching breakthrough idea of five minutes is all it takes. This brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you to our fantastic guest, Kelly Church from The Gates. I'd also like to thank Penguin Random House for providing us with extracts from the Alchemy audiobook. Our music is by Super Thriller. If you'd like to join us to discuss Alchemy, we're meeting on the afternoon of Thursday the 3rd of October at the Pembury Tavern in Hackney. Visit the Silence Media website for more details. And don't forget the first rule of book club, you don't have to read the book. Our next episode is about data. Data is often used as a starting point when planning a digital advertising campaign, but is data making us less creative? 